when college came, I decided to get a quote unquote normal job because a part of me had wanted to go study alternative medicine or acupuncture. And I just said, you know, I wanted I want to do a normal job. <laughs> Maybe I want to be a more normal person than my mom. And I think when you try to resist your calling, it will come back to you in an interesting way. And I think my teaching job is what brought me back. But that seed, that seed of being interested was always there. Your inner voice has been drowned out by the noise around you, but you've always had a deep desire to make a difference. And now you're ready to step into your greatness and develop the identity you need to build towards your ultimate goal. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Making the world a better place by unleashing human potential will help you create your own reality by increasing your self-awareness, cultivating an unstoppable mindset, and finally finding the passion, purpose, and true self so that you can live the life you are always destined to live. Now, welcome your host, a lifelong learner and growth mindset savant, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Tibor Notch. Hey, my friend, welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I hope you are doing amazing and staying healthy. I'm super excited for you to listen to today's episode called Using EFT Tapping to Heal Trauma with my amazing guest, Jackie Viramontes. But before we dive in, I have a special announcement for you. So if you're seeking to make a change and have an even bigger impact as a coach, consultant, or thought leader in 2021, I would highly recommend you check out my podcast mastery course at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash course, where I'm teaching you step-by-step how to start your authority building podcast as a change maker so that you can scale your impact, influence, and income in 2021. On top of all that, you can get access to this course with a huge discount in January. For more information, simply go to mindsethorizon.com forward slash course, and you can find all the details there. All right, so my guest today is Jackie Viramontes, who is a best-selling author, advanced EFT tapping trainer, and founder of an online wellness company called Edged that stands for Energy Therapy and Cognitive Health. At a young age, she became passionate about the healing potential of holistic therapies like meditation and EFT after witnessing the death of her brother. Her personal journey transformed anxiety, OCD, and grief into a commitment to share the most effective tools with others. When she is not working with clients, she is training future practitioners, counselors, and healthcare professionals in modalities based in neuroplasticity and energy psychology. Her next book, Practice Makes Peace, explores daily practices that reprogram the anxious energy and limiting beliefs that stem from trauma. At the beginning of today's episode, Jackie shared her personal story and how she could reconnect with her life's calling. In the middle of the episode, Jackie explained the four characteristics of trauma, how you can heal trauma, and what the solutions are. Closer to the end, Jackie explained what EFT tapping is and how you can use it on your own. If you want to find out more about today's guest and check out the free resources, book recommendations, and detailed show notes, simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. You can also use the search bar on our website where you can simply type in Jackie Viramontes to find the episode's show notes page. I'm telling you guys, this episode is really a masterclass or even a workshop 
on EFT tapping, what it is, how to use it, and how to heal trauma. So I hope you're going to enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So without any further ado, enjoy this episode with the one and only Jackie Viramontes. So hi, Jackie, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. It's so good to be here, Tibor. I'm excited about what we're going to dive into. Yeah, me too. And thank you so much for coming on the show. I am super excited. And uh, basically, I wanted to, I'd love to start this conversation with your journey in terms of, I know you studied journalism, for example, and then you took the leap and became an EFT tapping practitioner. And uh, I would love for you to talk to us a little bit more about that journey. Yeah, so the journey could be long, I feel like, but with the journalism, I feel like that was my attempt to do a quote unquote normal job, something where I could use my skills, but also have an excuse, just like you know with podcasts, journalism is this great excuse to interview and talk to anyone that you want. Mm, Yeah. But even, even when I was a journalist, I was using that excuse to interview people that had to do with the health field or where they were taking holistic approaches to things. So I did this investigative report on fluoride in the water of, okay, Ooh. what's the health of water? Or I did an investigative report on the effects of birth control or hormone use and how that affects our mental health. So my teachers were only reading things about holistic health, mental health, physical health. They're like, Jackie, could you try to, you know, do something on sports or do an article on a celebrity, local celebrity? But that just never interested me. So I always was interested in mental health and emotional health. Um, But I wanted a normal job. And I say normal job because I grew up with a mom who did integrative energy medicine. And she worked with people with severe trauma um, and severe emotional, mental issues going on. And I just did not want to be like her, but I was always fascinated with what she did. So I can talk about Mm -hmm. how it all came full circle, but even with the journalism career, I, I chose that over pursuing mental health because yeah, I wanted to pave my own way, do something normal. But what ended up happening, Tibor, is I graduated the year of the recession. So I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember in the States, but in like 2008, 2009, 2010, no yeah. one was getting jobs out of college. So everyone, we were graduating. Everyone before us was thinking, if you have a college degree, you're set. You know, I went to one of the best communication school in the country. It was the Newhouse Syracuse School. And anyone graduating from there is set with a wonderful job at a top magazine, right? When I graduated, I think 80% of the grads were unemployed. So no one was getting jobs out of college. Wow. So I, I, the one job that I was able to get was I was recruited And I only applied for jobs in um, Los Angeles. So anyone who's listening, whoever had a dream of moving somewhere, one of the things that I did was I was from the East Coast. I went to school in New York and I knew I've got to get myself to the West Coast. Yeah, I've got to get myself to the West Coast. So I only applied to jobs in San Francisco and Los Angeles. And the one job I got during this recession was getting recruited to Teach for America which is a teaching fellowship where they recruit leaders to teach in inner city schools. So completely different than my training. 
And when I was there, I was placed in Compton, which is an inner city school. It's a rougher neighborhood outside of Los Angeles. And it was, wow, the one of the hardest years of my life because these kids, I was having to teach these kids metaphors and summaries when they were coming in having experienced violence that morning. Or I walked in one day and a student was misbehaving. And, you know, while everyone else is writing, I walked up to him and I'm like, what's going on? And he said, well, you know, my uncle died last night. You know, he was shot in a gang, gang violence. And I just, Mm. I'm struggling. So I was teaching these kids English lessons. And all I'm thinking is these kids don't need to be taught English lessons. They need to be taught how to, how to deal with their own brain, how to deal with their own emotions, how to deal with their own thoughts. So it was in that environment, in that first job I had out of college, that I was reconnected to that passion I had for helping people with mental and emotional health. And that's where I found EFT. So I started researching the simplest ways you could help a teenager or an adolescent with anxiety, trauma. And I kept finding things about EFT. I also was someone who struggled with anxiety and depression, so I also was selfishly looking for myself, but mm-hmm. that is how I found it. And it was one of those things where I just went out to a, a training with Dawson Church, who's now my boss. And from that moment, I was like, this is what I'm doing for my life. So wow. I tried to make that as short as I could, but it reconnected me to that thing I'd watched my mother do my whole life. And being motivated for those kids I was working with. I got trained um, and I I stopped teaching and just started developing my practice slowly but surely, my EFT practice. I love that. I have a dream of moving to LA, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I was so happy when I got placed there. (laughs) So thank you, Recession, and thank you. Thank you, Weird Life Events. I never knew that's how I'd come full circle. Wow, that's really interesting, Um, especially that something... I think there was this thing inside of you and then you you found it or you reconnected with that passion, as you said. So um, talk to us a little bit more about your mother because you were introduced to some of those things. So was it, uh, you know, was it contributing to, to that passion, so to speak? Yeah, she's a huge role model in my life. Um, I think you know this, but the re- so she also was someone who went to journalism school, was a producer. She was would direct and produce commercials. Mm. So when I was a little girl, she was, you know, getting on planes with her high heels and doing that corporate life. But when I was 5 years old, my brother died. So he was in an accident. He was hit by a car and that he was two years older than me. So we went from being this just, you know, normal middle-class family to being a family that was dealing with and learning to cope with trauma. And she became this, instead of some business mom keeping it all together, she became a mom that was devoted to, okay, how do I help my two little girls who are still alive cope Mm. with these things they just saw and all these feelings they're dealing with. So she stopped working because of her own pain and threw herself into figuring out how to help us heal. And since we were only five years old, she had to help us heal naturally. 
she couldn't just put five-year-olds on medication for their grief, you know? Um, (laughs) she probably would have done that. She's like, I would have handled it differently if it was just me and your father. But with two little girls, I had to figure out, okay, how do you help someone in a natural, easy way? So yeah, T-Bird, that's how she got into it. So she was not into any of that stuff before my brother died. She, out of Mm -hmm. like her own desperation, um, started seeing a therapist and that therapist used something called EMDR like an eye movement therapy that's really effective for trauma for veterans um, but for anyone struggling and um, it's a way to process trauma and then through that she got into meditation she got into energy therapies like Reiki so by the time I was nine years old so in the span of four years she had become trained in Reiki meditation And she was, she had, I'd like watched this woman like develop a whole practice. So that was always inspiring to me because she used something that could have, I think, debilitated a mother. You know, it's like one of the hardest things someone can go through is losing a child. She used it to then help people. So that was always inspiring to me. Like, oh, she's taking her pain and then learning tools. And then now she, I got to see her help thousands of people who were grieving or who were anxious. So mm-hmm. I grew up with that stuff. I grew up with her testing out all her new trainings on me, being her guinea pig, um, <laughs> sending me to different practitioners like hypnotherapists that she had met. Like she, I was like the little guinea pig and I loved it. Um, <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> I loved it. I have a twin sister, actually. She did not love it. She was more resistant to it. But I loved it. So I would help her. I was like her little apprentice sometimes. I would help you know, clean her little Reiki table and um, wow. organize her client lists and things like that. So I was always in her office helping her and learning from her and observing what she was doing. So I would go to trainings with her too. So I went to a Reiki training with her when I was nine and got trained in Reiki <laughs> right alongside her. So I kind of followed her around like that, but, and that's why when I say when college came, I decided to get a quote unquote normal job because a part of me had wanted to go study alternative medicine or acupuncture. And I just said, you know, I wanted, I want to do a normal job. (laughs) Maybe I want to be a more normal person than my mom. And yeah, I think when you try to resist your calling, it will come back to you in an interesting way. And I think my teaching job is what brought me back but that seed that seed of being interested was always there wow that's really interesting i I think you must have been very curious about those things so that's that's my assumption maybe that's why you wanted to be around and wanted to try out different things and you enjoy that and um you know it's interesting because you kind of like pushed that calling away and then you found it again and then you started uh this new path and I was wondering about the trauma that you've mentioned. So when did you realize that, or did you realize that you you have a trauma and you need to work on that? Or how did it manifest itself? Or what was that process look like? That's a great question. Um, yeah, it's interesting because it was one of my, f- I had memories before that, but it was one of my first <clears throat> memories was watching him die, watching that mm-hmm. accident. Mm-hmm. And ang- I, anxiety, I would say, is the first thing. So mm. my 
you go from being this innocent child to all of a sudden I was like hyper vigilant and anxious. So the two big symptoms I had was I developed OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, um, and, mm. and really severe anxiety. And my sister, on the other hand, she didn't develop those things. She became really depressed. Um, and they actually tried to put her on medication as like a little girl. So mm. those two things, it's like was this severe shift in just who we were from these little playful children to kids who are really hypervigilant. So my whole life, I would say, um, from like five years old to 16 years old, like my whole adolescence, I was trying to get back to a place of peace. I was trying to get rid of those OCD habits and trying to get rid of the anxiety. So everything my mom learned or every <laughs> crazy practitioner she sent me to, it was full spectrum, we were working on my anxiety. And I guess that manifested as I was just always, um, I guess I always felt so afraid, such a general word, but it would be as little as um, just a sense of fear, like doom of walking into the cafeteria with all those students there. Like it felt so overwhelming. Everything just felt overwhelming. I almost feel like trauma. It's like if we all, if if I was like a, a, fr- a piece of fruit, this is a weird analogy too far, but if like mm. if I was a piece of fruit, it's like we have this nice rind around us, like an orange rind that keeps us safe. We're in our little container, but trauma has this way of like blasting that rind open. So you just feel like this, all of a sudden you have no protective shell anymore. Like a, mm. there's no good protective shell. So you just feel more sensitive to everything. So yeah, every, everything the anxiety and OCD was definitely um, the the symptoms of trauma that I was experiencing. And uh, what did you do, or if we if we want to talk about anxiety, for example, and I think about the people who might experience anxiety, especially nowadays, right? I mean, because of the pandemic and well, some other things in the U.S. As far as I know. What are some of the things that you did and what are some of the things that people can do to, I would say, quote unquote, overcome anxiety or start working on this and then moving towards peace or wholeness or however we want to call it? How how do you want to call it? Yeah, I love that. So one of the, I know mindfulness is a word that's used all the time now, but there's so, mindfulness is a powerful practice. So What's funny is when it happens when you're so little, you're not mindful of any thoughts. You don't even know what that means. If I have a thought. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, is that a thought? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is that? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I would have thoughts like, you know, I was deathly afraid of public speaking. Like this, what we're doing right now would have debilitated me. I would have not been able to eat for five days. You know what I mean? Yeah, now I can I relate. Lo- <laughs> now I love doing this. So I the mindfulness piece is looking at that thought and going, okay, looking at that feeling, dread, right? And then the thought under it is not I'm going to mess up, but for me, I think it would have been um, 
he'll be disappointed. That was a voice I always had. I don't know if anyone listening resonates, but they'll be disappointed they asked me or this, the teacher will be disappointed in me if I, if I don't do a good job at this public speaking project. So there was this fear of disappointing people and just, and just being able to be aware of that thought and go, do I agree with that? Do I agree that they're going to be disappointed? And then you think of the nice teacher who loves you or this like, wonderfully curious person Tibor and they're like they're not going to be disappointed just saying do I agree with that and even if you do agree with that the second question is that I ask is do I want to live in that do I want to live as if they're going to be disappointed and it kind of becomes this unapologetic you know well who cares do do I deserve to live like they're going to be disappointed or do I want to have fun with it do I want to have fun with the podcast do I want to have fun at the public speaking event so yeah, do I agree with it? And then do I want to live like that? Um, and then you can kind of tap into that rebellious side of you and go, no, I'm going to live like it's going to be a good time. But that's very hard to do without working through the trauma. So that's the second thing is finding ways to release what's making that thought or feeling there in the first place is crucial. I'm going to keep using this example of, oh, they'll be disappointed or I'll let them down if that's the voice underneath the anxiety. It's like, where does that come from? And we can, and this is where energy psychology comes in. Psychology, we might say, oh, I have, let's talk about why I have this feeling of people will be disappointed in me and let's identify where it comes from. But energy psychology and the more holistic approaches goes, okay, can we release that memory from your actual physical body? Can we do some kind of somatic therapy where that whatever memory planted that in that people would be disappointed can release from your body? So that's why I love EFT tapping. So I love breath work. It's why I love things like reparenting, where we can go back to those memories that taught us people would be disappointed and really reintegrate them um, for, with an adult perspective. And I'm trying to think of maybe an example of when I would have learned, you know, when you learn those voices. But, you know, in the in the trauma I experienced, it's like when you go through grief and then people are around you, there's this feeling of, ooh, they regret being around me. I'm in such a heavy place. So it's like this constant narrative like, ooh, no one wants to hang out with the grieving girl. It's like, mm-hmm. ooh, they're disappointed. Yeah. Oh, there's this. And it's this this general feeling of like dread, like, oh, I dread being with them. I dread the way they're they're pitying me. And it has nothing to do with performance or public speaking, but it's this same feeling. And what I've loved is doing breath work or things like EFT, emotional freedom technique, to help release that emotional charge. And when we do that, those thoughts of they're disappointing just don't feel as threatening because we've dealt with the root cause. That's really, really interesting. And um, one thing that came to my mind I think I have this experience or I had this before or I'm having this. I don't know how to say, but, you know, um, and I think one of the biggest fears people have is what other people will think of them. And when I started a podcast, I'm not a native speaker, and I was super fearful about what other people will think of me who listen to the podcast and what will they what they will say about my accent and stuff like that. And Is it something similar to what you are talking about, fear of disappointing others? Yeah, like the what will people think? And we all have our own what will people think? Like, oh, I'm not Mm. enough. Or Mm. like, oh, I'm not enough because of my accent. Oh, I'm not enough because I don't have a degree. It could be anything. I 
I, I think anyone can relate to that voice. So yeah, the practice of going back and saying, when did I first feel this way? When did I first feel, when did I first feel like I needed to worry about what will people think? Because that question could be really life-giving. Oh, what will people think? They'll be so pleasantly surprised. They'll love my accent. I sound so professional, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And what you said is just, maybe it's just in someone's head, right? Is it true or is it a fact or is it just a belief? Yeah. Is it true? What will, what will people think of me? And there's like a, the end of that sentence, like what will they think of me? And that's where we go. Is that true? But that is that true came from somewhere at some moment we were taught they're going to think something bad at at some point in your life or childhood, you were taught someone might make fun of you because of uh, the language difference. Right. Um, Mm. So we learn things are true from evidence, which is why I love that I have a journalism background because it's like, okay, someone says something, let's go find the evidence of that. And we can do the same things with our thoughts. So what will people Mm -hmm. think of me? Oh, where's the evidence of that in my life? Where did I learn people will think something badly about me? Where did I learn? What's the evidence that I'm not enough? And you can find moments in your life that taught you that. Um, and mm-hmm. when we process those, when we release the shame around those, those thoughts cease to be as threatening to us. And I know I'm being vague and that we can go into examples if we need. <laughs> yeah, definitely we can. And um, what I feel is that I I'm hope I'm on track because what I wanted to get back to is, for example, you've mentioned release, you know, those emotional charges from your body. And um, you also said memory. I didn't ask you about trauma in general, if someone wants to know what trauma is and how to define it or how would you define trauma? Because we got into anxiety and fear. Yeah. Let me share the four characteristics of trauma. I didn't know this until I got trained as a practitioner. So most people think of trauma as death, divorce, abuse, but there's four characteristics. One is we feel powerless. So that could be as simple as we're a three-year-old and our parent picks us up and yells. Maybe they're not a verbally abusive person. If they just yell one time, that that registers as trauma and we, we go into fight or flight response. So that can register as trauma. Um, the second one is our sense of safety is lost. So that could be, it doesn't have to be anything drastic, but anytime our sense of safety is lost, we go into a fight or flight response. So the blood drains from our brain, the blood goes out to our arms and legs, we stop thinking clearly, our executive functions stop, our digestion, our hormones, and we go into this fight or flight. And safety could be anything as we overhear our parents saying, worrying and talking about the bills. I don't know if we're going to be able to pay rent here. If you hear that, you'll go, oh my gosh, there might not be a roof over my head next month. I'm not, I'm not safe. Mm -hmm. I'm not safe in this house. I can't trust my providers. So that puts us into a fight or flight. The third is our expectations aren't met. When I learned that, I was fascinated because that's so many things. I'm like, wow, anytime our expectations aren't met, it can knock us into that fight or flight response. 
What is up, Mindset Nation? I hope you guys are enjoying today's episode, and we're going to get back to this conversation very soon after thanking to our sponsors. Hey, my friend, I'm super excited to announce that my podcast mastery course is now available. You can check out the course at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. As a mission and impact driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and change maker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you've answered this question with hell yeah, and you're ready to start your authority building podcast and take your impact, influence, and income to the next level, I would highly recommend checking out my podcast mastery online course at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. In this course, I'm teaching you step-by-step how to start your own epic podcast from scratch. There are four in-depth modules available in this course and additional bonus materials. So in module one called Podcast Foundations Mastery, you will learn about the foundations that are indispensable to launch a successful podcast. In module two called Podcast Tech Mastery, you will learn about the technical side of podcasting. In module three called Podcast Creation Mastery, you will learn about everything that you need to create in order to be able to launch your podcast. In module four called Podcast Launch Mastery, you will learn how to launch your podcast the right way. And last but not least, in the bonus section, you will find additional checklists, email templates, workflow templates, and sample documents that will help you design and launch your podcast like a pro. You can check out the course details at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. The world is waiting to hear your message, my friend, so let's stop hiding in plain sight and start sharing your truth. Check out the course at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course right now. So Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's get back to today's mindset transforming conversation. So that could be where we bring home an art project to our parent and we're expecting them to praise it. We're expecting them to say, oh, that's so beautiful. And what do they say? Why did you make the sun blue? And it's like this criticism. And we go, oh, <laughs> and we're so we go, right. So it can be yeah. little things throughout our life. As a practitioner, the amount of times I'm working with someone and I say, what does this remind you of? What is this feeling of shame or unworthiness remind you of? It usually isn't going back to these big stereotypical traumas. It's going back to these little repetitive moments we have where we learn that we're less than or not enough. So what you really learn when you dive into trauma is that trauma is a spectrum. So it's not like you either are a traumatized person or not. We all have experienced things that put us into fight or flight, and that's the category of trauma. So it's just a spectrum of how much have we lived in fight or flight throughout our life? How much have we lived in survival mode? Versus how much have we lived in a place of feeling secure, peace, knowing what's going to happen, expecting it versus not. And we all live on this spectrum and it's not bad or good. It's just a good thing to be aware of if a lot of my life was in that survival mode of not feeling safe, feeling powerless, not having my expectations met. I might be more hypervigilant. I might have to do more mindfulness work to overcome limiting thinking. And it's not bad. It's going to make you more emotionally resilient. So it's nice to think it's a spectrum. Where do I fall and what do I need to do 
to relate to what where I am on that spectrum of trauma. Yeah, that's really interesting. Did you mention the fourth? Uh, I'm not sure. Fourth. So the, I didn't yeah. mention the fourth. So see, now I'm going to blank on it. Okay, powerless, not having expectations met, um, sense of safety. Now I'm blanking on the fourth one, Tibor. It's okay. What is it? I'm thinking of an example. I just taught a training for the last four days, and we were going over examples. Can I tell you if it pops to mind? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, we are flexible here very much. <laughs> you know, what I was thinking about connected to trauma is how did it? How does it manifest itself, or what are some of the things that we experience? And and is it something that we mainly experience in childhood, or is it something that we can? I mean, for example, survival mode. I, I, as I think of myself, for example, right now, I was living in Germany. I was living abroad. And I might even say I developed some kind of anxiety because of living abroad. It was completely different because I didn't have that safety net, so to speak, because I was living abroad. My family was a little bit far away and stuff like that. So that was a little bit difference, uh, different as an experience. Yeah. So, for example, what what do people experience? after trauma like for example we've mentioned i'm not enough so we can develop these things right oh and i, re I remembered the fourth one because of what you just said you're living away okay. from your family that's a fourth one feeling of aloneness or isolation mm. um, and all of these stem from our needs as humans you know it's like we need to feel safe so yeah feelings of aloneness or isolation mm. Um, wow. It's the fourth characteristic. I'm the fourth. But actually, I have, have I have all. We all have all. <laughs> all four. We all have all. Trauma is the great equalizer, is how I think about it. It's the great equalizer. And the, the things that happen post-trauma are also on a spectrum. So it can be things like avoiding certain situations. So I'm going to avoid. So if I was always made to feel powerless by someone who was angry and yelling, like, anyone who had a more abusive or, you know, alcoholism in their family, they're going to avoid personalities that make them feel threatened. Or if they have a boss who has a really domineering personality, um, who raises their voice, they might shrink away, away from that person and because feel small all of a sudden and not speak up. It's like, so one, we might avoid it. Like, oh, I hate that boss. I'm quitting because I just can't handle them. Instead of saying, wow, they're really loud and brash. And two, it's we resort to the feelings and behaviors that we ex exhibited as a child. So if I got small and hid and didn't use my voice as a, as a child when dad was being that way, I'm going to then do that when my boss is raising his voice. Even though my boss just wants me to be like, yeah, and this is my opinion too. You know, he might just want me to be opinionated right back. And you said, is it just childhood? This happens all the time. So we can be made to feel powerless as an adult, obviously. But as a kid, we are less, we are more powerless. We can't, we can't set a boundary and say, oh, sorry, mother, but um, this is my boundary and I'm going to leave now. <laughs> like we don't have a car. We can't break up with our parents. We, we, we have to stay in the house with them. So a lot more trauma patterning happens as kids because we don't have as much free will in a sense. Um, as adults, we, we can set boundaries. If we have a partner who's making us feel unsafe, we can say, oh, I'm going to leave. 
Get out. Uh, yeah, get out. <laughs> don't talk to me like that. But if we say don't talk to me like that to a parent, that might cause more violence, right? Yeah. Um, the reason a lot of people wouldn't say get out or I'm going to leave to a partner is because what are they doing? They're resorting to those behaviors of a kid of, okay, I guess I just have to take this. I guess I just have to, um, I guess this is just how it is. And that's a thought of a child. It is just how it is for a child. And until you're 18, you don't really have much say over who's in your house. But as adults, we have that free will that we can tap into. And the more we, the more we release some of those imprints from childhood, the easier it is to act on our free will, act as an adult um, in mm. adult situations and not carry those childhood behaviors with us into our careers or into our relationships. Did I answer that question? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, that's really interesting. And and in the meantime, I'm just wondering because, you know, I'm I'm wondering about the potential that we can have if we can quote unquote again overcome these traumas. And I'm I'm thinking about <laughs> I'm thinking about my potential because I'm sure that I had some <laughs> childhood traumas and um I kind of like want to dive into the solution part, which I think you started talking about to some extent, which is releasing emotional charges. So what are some of the solutions, right? So what can we do? What can we do? There's so, I'm so hopeful about solutions. Like I've seen the worst, experienced the worst, and I'm one of the most hopeful people. Like I don't think anything can hold us back or is meant to hold us back because our brain and body are wired to be free of the past. Our brain and body are wired to be new in every moment. So that makes me very hopeful. So there's one concept I'll explain that helps with what does it mean to release trauma because it's actually really simple. It's a concept called memory reconsolidation. So any memory you have, whether it's from yesterday where you you got fired or whether it's from when you were five years old and you got made fun of after you know, showing an art project and you want to be an artist, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. All you need are three things. You just expose yourself to the memory again. So make yourself think about it. You can do this in meditation. You can do this by journaling about it. You can do this by talking to a counselor about it. And then what you do is you have a opposite, you create an opposite environment. So if the environment was fear and rejection, create an environment that's soothing or comforting. So this could be through breath work. So you're breathing, you're making your body feel safe and comforted as you recall an uncomfortable memory. Or you could do tapping. So I always talk about emotional freedom technique, which is a really simple stress reduction technique that uses pressure points. As you remember it, you're just tap massaging or tapping those points and it's creating this relaxing, comforting environment. So you expose yourself you relax yourself, and then you just keep repeating that. So keep journaling about it while doing the breathwork until all of a sudden you start to see the memory in a new way. So a lot of times what happens if you're deeply breathing or you're tapping, um, which is really reducing your stress, as you recall these memories you don't like, like of being fired, all of a sudden you go, oh, wow. When that fear is removed, I go, I was praying I'd get fired from this job anyway. I hate this job. So you just see it from a more hopeful lens. Or say it's, you know, getting made fun of. You go, oh, well, little Bobby who is making fun of me is like a jerk now and 
I saw a Facebook photo of him and he's not doing so well. It's like we have an adult perspective. Um, I know that wasn't the most compassionate perspective, but sometimes it's nice to have that adult perspective where we go, oh, I'm not a victim of Bobby's teasing. I'm a 38 year old who he, he probably doesn't even remember me anymore. So all we do is expose ourselves to it, do some kind of soothing healing practice. And, and then we just keep repeating that until that adult positive awareness comes. And that's how we release trauma from the body. We integrate it into an adult perspective. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. And one of my questions would have been that if we can do this on our own and you kind of like answer this question so we can, which is great news, right? Great news. That's why I love emotional freedom technique and why I teach it to people is because they can do it on their own once they learn it. Wow. And people can learn more about tapping on your website as well. But would you talk to us a little bit more about how it works? Yes. So it stands for emotional freedom technique. The acronym's EFT and it's nicknamed tapping because you're tapping like seven to nine pressure points on the face and torso. Mm -hmm. And those pressure points are, are connected to the amygdala, the part of our brain that creates stress hormone, cortisol, adrenaline. So when I talked about those fight or flight, uh, survival mode that we can get into when we're under stress, you know, whether at work or in our family, when we're under stress, tapping those points moves us out of that stress response and back to a calm place. So just tapping those points for five minutes lowers stress and moves us out of survival mode for the next mm. 90 minutes. So it's really effective. And wow. you can also use it for that memory reconsolidation piece or for reprogramming your mind. So what you do is instead of just tapping for the self-soothing aspect, you can hold in your mind, you know, expose in your mind a belief that you have, like I'm not enough or I can't make money doing what I love. Um, or a memory that taught you you can't make money doing what you love. Maybe someone told you like, oh, who's going to pay you for that, right? Oh, Tibor, you yeah. can have a podcast. Who will who will say yes to interviewing with you? You know, you can hold whatever those limiting things people speak over us when we're entrepreneurs, right? Mm, yeah. um, we can hold those in our mind and notice just how much of an emotional charge we still have. You tap through these stress-reducing points and you'll notice after a few rounds, all of a sudden, you know, if you were feeling angry that they said that, that anger will feel more released because anger is just a, you know, a stress response. Or if we're feeling ashamed about something they said that you'll notice the shame um, is released because shame's also, you know, just another stress response, a stress hormone. So it's really yeah. effective for, you could literally write down any belief you don't want to believe or the, any, um experience that's holding you back and, and use that technique so that you can see it from a more empowered perspective. It's so interesting. And I have never done that before. I have never learned about this except when Dr. Dawson Church came on the show and I, I read about EFT. And um, is it okay for you if we become specific in terms of how you do this so that the listeners can know your practice, for example, when you do it, like, do you sit down and then do you meditate and then you do the tapping or how do you do this exactly? Right. So with a client or on your own, I can say just how you can do it on your own is, you know, mm -hmm. every morning, here's a really simple practice, just every morning, um, 
look at your to-do list. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this. Look at your very long to-do list and just notice how much stress you feel about it or if there's any negative thought about it. Um, And just notice where you feel the stress in your body and you can rate it zero to 10. That just shows you that spectrum of how much in survival mode am I feeling right now? 10 is like the most stressed the most not happening zero is I feel completely at peace and equipped to get everything done today and then you tap through the points so the do you want me to walk you through the points or just what the process would be we can do so we can walk through yeah so the first point on the side of the hand um so it's literally from the base of the pinky to the where the wrist starts you're just tapping with all four fingers on the side of the hand and our body's symmetrical. So you can tap on one side or both sides and you just, you know, keep looking at that to-do list, keep exposing yourself right to that to-do list. And then the next point to the top of the head. So directly on the top of the head, you're just using three or four fingers. And then there's another point on the inside of the eye. So right on the insides of the eyebrows, and you're just tapping with two fingers because these points, Tibor, they're like the size of a um, a little pinprick. If you've ever had acupuncture, they're the same as the acupoints. Psychologists just chose the ones that are related to the each major um, meridian system. And then you tap the outer eye point. So that's on the bone on the outer edge of the eye. I tell my ladies with their long eyelashes, if it's you're tapping so close to the eye that you're eyelashes might be grazing your finger and you could literally just touch and hold these points or tap them all we're doing is stimulating the the acupoint all we're doing is sending a little message to our brain and it's like an off switch for cortisol and you just take a nice breath breathe into where you're feeling that stress and then the next point's under the eye so it's directly under the pupil on that eye socket bone And this one people can feel sometimes. There's a little divot in the bone, a little indent in the bone. That's where the bone opens up to let that come through. And you just tap for a full inhale, full exhale. And then the next is between the nose and upper lip, so right under the nose point. And you can just look at your to-do list again. Notice how stressful it is or if you're feeling calmer about it already. And then the next is under the lip. And it can feel silly to do this, right? I'm, I'm very aware that where I'm tapping my face and it's not a quote-unquote normal thing to do. But that has a dual purpose too. We're reassociating. Remember I talked about you expose yourself to the stress trigger and then you pair it with an opposite response. We're self-soothing with the points, but we're also doing something more playful, like tapping our face. So it's helping to re to interrupt, pattern interrupt, and associate this stressful thing with like, oh, I'm tapping my face, right? It's kind of funny. Yeah. And then and then the next point is the collarbone. So if you just put your hand on your chest where your thumb and pointer finger touch your would be touching your collarbone, those two points, right? Where your thumb hits and your pointer finger hit on your collarbone, almost like I'm massaging right under the collarbone. Those are the uh, collarbone points. And you can just breathe, breathe into any of that stress you're feeling, look at that to-do list. And then the last point is under the arm. So it's right 
directly under the armpit where a woman's bra line would fall. So it's probably about, I don't know, five inches. So right on the ribs there under the armpit. This one's a little bit harder to get to. You can just tap on one side or both sides as if you're crossing your arms. And just look at the to-do list and take a breath. So that's all you do. You just do one round and then I ask, you know, ask myself to check in and go, how am I feeling now about that to-do list? Or how am I feeling now about that, my boss's comment? And each round, that stress should go down a few points. Um, I don't even know if anyone who's listening who followed along, you can notice is, are your shoulders more relaxed? Are you thinking more clearly about it? Do you feel like your heart's beating a little bit slower? Is your breath more expansive? Those are all signs that you're dropping out of that stress space and moving back into a calm space, right? We're in our where our nervous system is relaxed. So it's a really nice practice and sessions can be 75 minutes long. So that would just be the start of it, but it's a beautiful way to unwind and kind of connect back to your higher thinking. Wow. Yeah, I love that. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that. And I think the best is to link or put the link, your video link in the show notes, and then people can watch the video and then follow through the steps. Yeah, I, I, I got relaxed. So I, <laughs> there we go. Just one round. Imagine after I'm too practices relaxed of, now. of asking you, you know, uh, what, what this stems from. <laughs> yeah, but there's a great video. I've like how to videos, EFT 101 videos, uh, tapping on perfectionism, anxiety. There's so many videos you can find. So there was one thing I wanted to get back to is memory. Yeah. So what you've mentioned is that the memory and then what do you mean by the body becomes the memory or the memory lives in the body? So I've talked a lot about how we can release memory from our body or we can physically release memory from our body. So most people think that memory is in our brain, right? It's in our long-term memory yeah. or short-term memory. But you can think of each little memory, like a, a snapshot photo, as a, it's a neuropeptide, right? Where there's this little cell. They've found, and they've known this for decades, those neuropeptides are all over our body. They're not just in our brain. So that's why if anyone's ever gotten a massage and started crying or been in yoga class and felt emotional, it's because someone is pushing on these little neuropeptides and we're releasing emotions, emotions from those memories, which sounds so esoteric. But if I was a doctor and had you hooked up, we could see different parts of your body lighting up where you stored those memories. If I had you think about something, which I think is so interesting. With EFT, those EFT points that I do with clients relate to the stress response, but they're also related to each meridian of the body. So for instance, there's a point underneath your eye that's your stomach meridian. That's associated with feelings of like shame or insecurity. So anytime in your life, anytime you have a memory where you felt insecure or ashamed, a lot of people in Chinese medicine or holistic practitioners believe that that emotion gets stored in our, in our stomach, in our stomach meridian. That's why little kids feel sick or nauseous when they feel nervous, right? It's their stomach. Um, so also 
tapping those points, any repressed emotion we didn't get to release that's in our organs, we can release that emotional energy. So you can literally release emotion from your body, those neuropeptides, and you can release repressed emotion, stuff you had to swallow and push down that you never got to feel in the moment. That's so interesting. And thank you so much for sharing all these great insights and uh, information. And as we are getting closer to the end of this episode, I usually ask my guests about book recommendations. And if I'm not mistaken, you also have an upcoming book. So what are some of the books that you would recommend to the listeners? And maybe you could talk to us a little bit about your book as well. Yes. So I would love to recommend books. So I hate recommending my boss's book, but it's such a great book, Mind to Matter um, mm. by Dawson Church. I think it came out last year at this point. And that book is great for anyone who really wants to know the science of what's going on when you are setting intentions and then making those intentions happen. So some people might call that manifestation, but yeah. basically it's a book about, well, what's the science of manifestation? It's not some magic. When we believe something can happen, we start to take action on it. When we take action on something, dominoes fall into place. Then mm, more yeah. opportunities come into place. Then we step up to those opportunities. So it's a book about how can we manifest our life? How can we take what's in our mind and turn it into real physical matter, whether it's a physical goal, mental goal, career goal, relationship goal? So that's great for anyone who want, who's super driven um, and wants to create the life that they want. That's an amazing book. The second book that I love, if you want to dive more into trauma and how release trauma from the body, how it affects us, is The Body Keeps the Score. Have you heard of that one? I haven't. I haven't. Oh, you have to read it. So it's very well written. Um, most of my clients have read it at this point because it's a book that she's a great teacher and an excellent writer. So that's about how does trauma live in our body, literally, and how does it affect us? How does it affect our limiting beliefs? And what can we do? So it has practical tips and, and daily practices you can do of how to begin to move those beliefs and to move the memories that created those limiting beliefs, like I'm not enough or I can't do this out of your physical being. So that's an excellent book if you want to learn more about trauma. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And your upcoming book is Practice Makes Peace, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, with perfect crossed out. Wow. <laughs> so I feel like a lot of the people listening, I'm, you know, very recovering, perfectionistic, overachiever, um, have beat myself up if I don't meet my own expectations. So the book is written for those people, but it's for those people who understand that a lot of those beliefs around, you know, I have to be doing a lot to be a lot, you know, I have to do enough to mm. be enough, that a lot of those beliefs stem from our early programming, from how we, what we were taught, what we were taught to receive mm. love. And that underneath all these fun career aspirations, there's programming that comes from real stuff, real trauma. And we can use our goals and the blocks around reaching our goals as a way to heal. So it offers three practices. And the practices are listening. So really learning how to listen to your body, listen to your beliefs, 
letting go. So there's practices of, okay, how to let go of emotion, just like we did with tapping, letting go of beliefs um, and letting go of trauma. So there's lots of exercises of letting go and then embodying. So there's more fun exercises and energy psychology based exercises of how to embody the beliefs that you want. Like I deserve to make money doing what I love or how to embody the energy you want, like the energy of feeling generous as you give a talk instead of feeling like, am I doing enough as you give a talk? So um, that book hopefully will be coming out in 2021, but we should (laughs) stay tuned. Yeah. (laughs) I share all the types of practices um, on that Instagram that I have, which is a fun resource. So, wow. It's super exciting. And uh, I think one of my biggest takeaways from this conversation is that we have the power or we can, you know, heal ourselves, not just with somebody, uh, not necessarily with somebody else, but on, on our own as well. And um, yeah, I, I, I think in your book, there will be some really good resources for people to, to heal or to continue to heal. And uh, before I ask my last question, Tell the listeners what's the best way to connect with you and where they can find you online. And also, if you have any free giveaways that you want to mention, you can also do so. Yes. Okay. And I love that that was your takeaway. That makes me very happy. Yeah. So <laughs> part of my mission. Um, my, You can find me I at JackieVeramontes.com. That's my website where I have um, sessions and things like that. Um, but then I have etched daily, so e t c h e d daily dot com, or the Instagram etched daily, and that's where I share tons of resources for people who are getting into this and want to learn. So it's really educational. It's less for my private clients and more for people who want to learn about trauma, learn the basics of EFT, learn breath work. So that Instagram and that website has great resources, and if you look at the IGTV. There's lots of EFT and breathwork tutorials that really help with limiting beliefs and anxiety. So that's really where to find me. Yeah, so cool. And the links are going to be in the show notes and available on our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. And uh, Jackie, my last question is, what is your mission and what is your future vision? My vision is really similar to what you said, which is equipping people, equipping people with tools to help them break free from the mindsets and memories that hold them back. That is, that's my mission statement. And what is coming for me? Moving more is to equipping more people. So really building out the membership program that I have at Etched and that stands for energy therapy, cognitive health. So equipping more people with tools, we give um, new EFT meditations every single week, and we give new lessons on energy psychology. So it's almost like a little mini video podcast every week. So people can be learning and be equipped with more tools. And yeah, I would say equipping more people and educating more people so that we're not at the mercy of our crazy minds. And we can really we can really fulfill the goals that we have set for ourselves because it's it's possible and i want to help people make it possible in a much easier way and and fun way i love that and um you know it resonates a lot and uh thank you so much for the work that you do and 
thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Mindset Horizon podcast. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, be sure to head to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, where you'll also have the ability to join the Mindset Nation community for more insight and empowerment to help you reach your full potential. That's all available exclusively on MindsetHorizon.com.